This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. What's up, people? Episode 153 of Small Talk is here. Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman in the house. And Cerruti and I are so excited about this episode Mm. because we have one of our favorites coming on the show. We have an awesome interview with Murphy Lee. Yes, you know him, St. Lunatic, rapper. He has a new album out and he's going to join Steve and I to talk about it. I always loved Murphy Lee. Before I knew you and that St. Louis rap scene blew up when I was in high school, you know, Nelly Country Grammar came out. I was super pumped. I was like, this album is different. It's fire. It was kind of like the first rap album that I really, I don't want to say connected with because I don't know like if I had much in common with them, but I just, I just loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, I mean, everybody. I'm sorry. I have to interject because I love, (laughs) I, I absolutely (laughs) love young Steve connecting with a group of guys from university city missouri and being like yes i identify with you guys talking about missouri all the time well it's strange because you know i didn't really know what rap scenes were back then you know it's kind of my first introduction to music right and you know you know the la scene the new york scene you got jay-z tupac biggie in new york west coast rap with the game and dr dre all that stuff and then like i just I was like, oh, St. Louis. Like, okay, sure. St. Louis is the, is the scene here. I didn't know that it, like what that was like, a breakthrough thing. It wasn't the norm. So uh, all those guys, Nelly, Murphy, Lee, the Lunatics, it was great. Um, so super, super pumped. 13-year-old me would be losing his mind right now. I'm losing my mind as, as 33. What, how old am I? 32-year-old Steve? So here we are. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to Murphy Lee. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Steve, let's catch up. It's been a while. Yeah, what's- so before I ask what you've been up to, I would like to share something with you. I know. You had a big trip. Yeah, it's a little more uh, of a confession because we know my hatred for the NFL. We know that I'm not a fan, but for Christmas this year, I got my dad tickets to Packers Steelers at Lambeau and we went last weekend. Is he a fan of either team? No. He's just like a sports guy. That's a cool. He's just a sports guy and it's a bucket list thing. I mean, it's a great gift. And, you know, it's an easy trip for us in St. Louis and we know someone that works for the Packers. Shout out to Chad, who was amazing and able to get us tickets. Shout out to Chad. He was so cool. He had a great tailgate for us to go to. Got us awesome seats for the game. It was amazing. I, that was the first NFL game I had been to outside of the Super Bowl that I covered since the Rams left St. Louis. And it was such an amazing experience. And it really made me miss football. I'm just going to be totally transparent. The parallels between the way the Packers or the way Green Bay feels about the Packers reminded me so much about the way St. Louis feels about the Cardinals. Everybody there was so welcoming. They were so invested into their team, into the game, into the ritual of the game day experience. And we couldn't have had a better time. And I'm just, I'm bummed out that that's something that I'm never really going to have again. Well, what I was going to say to you is that the Rams experience in St. Louis probably is not what the Green Bay, there's going to be a lot of St. Louis love on this pod. So I feel like I can at least be real here. I'm not sure that the the St. Louis Rams experience probably, uh, there aren't many experiences that probably match up with, uh, with the, there might not be any in the NFL that match up with the Green Bay Packers experience because, you know, the club is owned by the fans essentially, right? It's it's, it's not in a major market by any means. It's almost like a college town experience, really. Uh, It is. And uh, it's a place I've always wanted to go. I mean, it's one of those bucket list places for sure, where it's just like, wow, this place is almost like a legend. It's like the field of dreams thing, but it's a real place. It's like hallowed ground Mm -hmm. in sports, right? It's like the Holy grail. If you're a football fan and um, gosh, there's so, there's so much to unpack here, but a couple things I'm going to rattle off quickly. The Packers hall of fame is unbelievable. If you go to Lambeau, 
take the time, get there early to go inside and go to the Packers Hall of Fame. Hot take. I thought the Packers Hall of Fame was better than the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canada. I thought it was set up better. I thought they had better exhibits. I thought it was more interactive. I thought that their bronze footballs for the Hall of Famers, not quite the bus, but it was it was just as cool for me. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. Go. I don't want to waste a lot of time on it because a lot of people probably don't care, but it was amazing. And Steve, from the second we got there, we got on the plane. We flew there on Sunday morning. The entire plane was Packers and Steelers fans. The entire plane. And one woman that was sitting in front of me was a Steelers fan that flew there from Montana just for this game. The guy behind her and his wife, Packers fans who came in from out of town, they started to go pack go chant on the plane. The Steelers woman turns around and was like, Ooh, you suck. Like, who do you think you are? And he's like, I own the team. I'm an owner. And I was like, (laughs) actually he does. You are an owner, but I just, Uh, I, I was a total flex, but from the second we landed there, everything there is about the Packers and they know how special it is, how special this experience is. So everybody that you encounter want to make sure that you have a good time. So like we got invited to this tailgate and it was like, here's a brat, here's a beer, here's some cheese curds, settle in, have a great time. Isn't this so fun? We're playing catch with the football. And I also kind of wish you were there to experience it, not only because it was so cool, but because you, Steve, are such a Wisconsin guy big, because big, of your experience. Big Madison guy. I don't Green Bay. I've never yeah. been. Uh, heard good things about Milwaukee, but um, Madison, like, how is Green Bay different than Madison? Obviously, Green Bay is uh, not a college town. I mean, I'm sure there is a college. There are colleges in Green Bay, right? But it's always seemed odd to me that this football team was in this random ass city, quote unquote, um, that if you were starting 32 teams in the NFL now, there's no way you'd put a team in Green Bay, but it works perfectly. And then it's, it's odd that you went, it's not odd, I guess. It's interesting that you went to a game against the Steelers too, because the Packers and the Steelers, like top five, we're talking like travel fan bases, right? The oh, yeah. Cowboys, the Packers, and the Steelers might be the top three, actually. Yeah. Um, so that was going to be a, a charged up game no matter what, because both fan bases are so, uh, so intense and so widespread. But I have to get to Green Bay. So let's go easy calling it Madison just, just too soon. I would tell you, Steve, that Green Bay is the varsity version of Madison. So Madison mm. is like the JV squad. Okay. It's the same vibe. It's the same environment. It's just on a professional level. So I highly recommend if you get the chance, anyone out there, go to Lambeau. You will not regret it. It's one of the best sports environments ever, obviously. And you're going to have a guaranteed great time. Um, okay, so that's what I've been up to, Steve. What have you been up to? I almost lost it and panicked because I'm an idiot, and I'm going on a trip to Tulum. I'm now officially going on a trip to Tulum. Haven't been on vacation in a while, and Maddie and I are excited. It's our third wedding anniversary and her 30th birthday, so what's up? But totally forgot, and this is a this will be a cautionary tale for anyone else out there who's going to be as stupid as me to do something like this. I forgot that my passport expired <laughs> about three weeks before we were supposed to go to Mexico. Oh no, Steve. <laughs> and I start looking up stuff and like, it's it a big trip, you know, like they're, as I said, third anniversary, third birthday, there's some things going on. It's not really about me. It is about me, but it's, you know, it's a lot of Maddie in there as well. So I was like, and great, you've did, probably I, did I ruin already this trip? Paid, right? You've some of it, not paid. all of it, but it would be more about losing out on the experience uh, for sure. So I Google like, okay, well, it's the quickest I can get a passport. I figured I could just go somewhere and get it. All right, yeah. it's fine. Nope. I Googled, it's usually like 12 weeks. And because of COVID, it was like 18 weeks. So I'm sitting there sweating bullets going, shit, I just ruined our vacation. Sick. Maddie's going to be super pumped about this. So for about 24 hours, we were like, well, I guess we got to book another trip or something or cancel this one and figure it out. 
Turns out, I ended up finding this sketchy guy online, but turns out Dave was actually not sketchy. Shout out to my guy Dave at Fast Passport. Uh, he hooked me up and got me a passport in a week. Uh, and I, I sent him all these forms. I sent him, you know, I sent him my old expired passport. And it was funny, I was telling the story to my friends. They're like, so you sent all this information to some guy that you found on the internet? I was like, yeah, basically. I know it sounds kind of sketchy, but my guy Dave came through and I have a passport and we are officially leaving Tuesday. So all things ended well, but there was like a good week or so week and a half where i was like great i just ruined i ruined this awesome trip that we've been talking about for months now good times i have to ask you a tough question here steve are we sure the passport is real are we sure it's it is 100 percent real i got it from okay. the federal government the federal government sends it to you so okay. uh but there were some, there were some sketchy moments along the way because i was like oh can i get an update on when this thing's going to come and he's like well i don't really know because the government just sends it and they don't give us any tracking information i'm like Oh, cool. shit. Did, I, did I just did I just fuck up? I probably just fucked up. Uh, but no, again, Dave, my guy, came through in the clutch and uh, excited to uh, go on the beach and, and I guess hang out for a week and not have to think about work. I was in Tulum not that long ago, and I can tell you that you're going to have an amazing time. If you can, go to Heartwood, best restaurant, go to Arca, another great restaurant. But the thing that I loved about Tulum, Stephen, you're going to really laugh when I tell you this, is that it's such a vibe. I know that sounds so dumb and it probably is, <laughs> but you know, you, you fly into Cancun, you drive for like two hours, you yeah. get there. It's one road. That's like one side in one side out. And it's just all these boutiques and restaurants on this essentially dirt road. And one side is on the jungle. One side is on the beach. And all you do is chill. Mm -hmm. That's all you do. There's nothing touristy to see. Well, I guess you could go There's to some ruins. I'm going to do I'm, I'm yeah. interested in the history aspect of it because I'm not the yeah. guy that sits his ass on the beach all week and just, you know, that that's my day for 10 hours. I can't do that. I, I lose my mind. So we got a tequila tasting. We got some hiking. Oh, look at you. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be on the best. Go to a cenote. Life, no big deal. The hey, cenotes, cenotes we have heard about. There's a lot of good restaurants there. You, Ryan, uh, one of my bosses. A lot of people have been to Tulum in the last few years. So I guess it's a hot spot. So we've gotten a lot of good recommendations. But it'll be good to just get away. But I, again, I'm just pumped that I didn't ruin the vacation. And that's honestly, that's the high of going on the vacation. It's almost as good that I just got my passport to go. That's how good it feels. I feel like we should shout out your guy one more time before. Shout we out my guy, Dave. Like yeah. Free passport, I think.com. So, or a fast passport.com. No, it was not free, uh, but, but, <laughs> but, but we're, we made it and, and, and we're pumped. So appreciate, uh, appreciate my guy helping me out. Awesome. Okay. Well, I hate to cut you short because I really want to hear more about your passport situation and what you're planning. We'll have more stuff when I get back. We'll do it when That's I get back. That's what I was thinking, but we have to get to Murphy Lee. We are so excited to talk to him. An incredibly long and successful career and his new album, Second Time Around, has just dropped. So we're going to talk to Murphy Lee about that coming up next. Well, this week, Steve and I are so thrilled to welcome in our guest. He is one of our personal favorites. You know him, you love him. It's Murphy Lee. Murph, first of yes, all, thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And you're obviously wearing the Cardinals jersey. So I've got to ask you hey. first and foremost how you're dealing with that tough loss from last night. Hey, it was a rough one, man, but it was a good year. So I'm cool with it, man. You know, that's how it's dealt. I'd rather lose to LA than San Francisco. Oh, really? You'd rather lose in a one game playoff than go to the NLDS? Yeah, I don't waste nobody's time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, well, we're going to talk a lot about your new album that you have out called Second Time Around. Um, I want to start there, though. What was the inspiration behind this album? How did you get started creating this project? Um, I've been creating it for a second. Um, I had a few records, and then I finally figured out the route I wanted to go. So I put it all together, man. But um, it's actually what I've been, I've been rapping for professionally for 21 years, and I've been rapping for another nine 
almost 30 years of information on one album here. You know what I'm saying? So I've just been trying to um, trying to just find my lane and, and blend it all together. And um, we came up with this good project called Second Time Around. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I enjoyed pretty much all of your catalog, Murphy. I, I'm interested to know, though, as a guy who I, I grew up listening to you, like what that hook on be was on the car with my boys. We just put everybody in a great mood, right? And yeah. as as I've kind of gotten older, the rap game has changed. The sound has sort of changed. Are there guys now that you like? Do you like the way that the rap game is sort of like the direction it's gone in, the sounds? Because I always, I feel like I'm listening to more nostalgic stuff. I'll go back and listen to you, the Lunatics, Nelly, everybody from back, you know, growing up. But do you like the new kind of age rap? Do you like new guys coming up? Or are there any individual guys that you like specifically? Um, it's, I think it's a time and a place for everything. You know what I'm saying? I think some stuff is for, you know, late night when you're having a nice uh, little tipsy tipsy or yep. something like that. You know what I'm saying? But some stuff is need to be like for, for the rest of the 23, you know what I'm saying? The rest of the 20 hours in a day. You know, so I, I choose to choose that lane where, you know what I'm saying, you can ride to my music, you can clean up the house, you can yep. family reunions, uh, gatherings, uh, whatever you're doing, you can do it. I, you don't have to be just the club or just, the, you know, when you go out to a happy hour. So, um, but I love I love the music, man. You know, times change. Uh, you got to adapt to it and all that. But I, I think um, certain music is for certain people. You know what I'm saying? I think I think it's enough music out there and enough humans to be able to, you know, spread it all around. So mm-hmm. with the with the streaming service and thing and the Google and all that stuff, I think you're able to go listen to whatever you want to in life. You know what I'm saying? You can go back to the beginnings of times or you can listen to something brand new. And I think that's dope. So I think now you have a choice. So I think we just got to do more searching for stuff we do like. You know what I'm saying? If you're not satisfied with what, what we hear uh, major, you know what I'm saying? Like the majority here right now, it's a lot of artists that come out and drop albums just like I did and be having great content, great music, great different styles. They don't just do what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we got to, you know, we got to start digging a little bit for it, but it's, it's out there. Do you feel like it's easier or harder now, Murphy? Like if you were coming up now, do you feel like you would have an easier route or do you feel like it oh, was yeah. harder back then? What do you think? No, it's definitely easier now. Cause then you had to depend on somebody that puts you somewhere in some yep. position now. Now you can just do it yourself. It's you know, it's just you and the fan versus the world. So just find you some fans, man, and and keep it going. Somebody's gonna like it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the search for new artists is just, you know, locate some fans. For sure. And I want to roll it back to when you and Nelly and the Lunatics first came on the map mm-hmm. because I've been listening to you since the jump, obviously a girl born and raised in St. Louis. And sometimes I'll be listening to you, I'll be in the car or out on a run and I'll think. Gosh, I can't even imagine what that would be like to one day just be somebody from St. Louis making music, doing what I love, and then boom, I'm a global superstar. So when you guys first came onto the map, can you tell me how quickly you guys found success? Um, It took us nine years to even get a, you know, a real recognition. So I say, um, I say nine years, but at the same time, once we got there, we went zero to 60 Mm -hmm. (laughs) fair. You know, we looked at, we was, um, going in front of a few clubs and next thing you know we were doing festivals it feels like as soon as the music dropped and we got it got into the consciousness of everybody that you guys were just a rocket ship after that yeah it took about maybe about a year and a half but that it it rocked it went it went to some places where no you know rap artists or hip-hop artists would ever be able to go sometimes so yeah 
Do you have a favorite moment in that rise? Like Country Grammar comes out, Murphy's Law comes out, you guys are everywhere, you guys are doing promos for bad boys. Did you have a favorite moment when you're just like, holy shit, I've made it. Like, this is so cool. Like, is there something that clicked ever for you? Mm, maybe the shake your tail for the video shoot. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of it, that we were shooting the, like the intro scene of that and uh, we was at the thing and they were trying to give me like a cigar, but I'm 20, I'm 20 years old, 21 years. I don't know. I don't want no, your first no cigar. I didn't even light it. I ain't even light it. I was about to split it open, but I'm and literally just, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. So I just, you know, you can see at the beginning of the video, I'm just playing with it, looking at it like, what yeah. is this? You know what I'm saying? They doing, they talking grown folk stuff. And it was just like, I think after that scene, the next scene, I realized where I was at. Yeah. I said, oh, okay, okay. I'm Murphy Lee. <laughs> you fit right in. And, there you go. Hey, and this is my song. Like, that's what I'm on. Like, hold on. Let me, let me, I, that's Puff and Nelly. And, you know yep. what I'm saying? Let me get myself together. You know what I'm saying? Like, little X is on the video set. The, you know, everybody's there. Benny Boone is like, man. So it was like, we was in a great space. And I just, I had to realize. So by the time we got to the end of the video, which is because it's kind of shot in the order that you see it. So by the time you see us in like white suits and all dressed up and all that, I, I felt like I was, you know, I, I arrived. That's amazing. What was it like too to go on this ride with people that you know from home? It has to be amazing to watch your dreams happen in real time, but to do it with people that you trust and that you care yeah. about and that you have history with, that had to be so rare and so special. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to be a group anyway. So like it was just it was just cool to be able to do that with people that you, you know, that you was down hard with. I know for a fact what we was doing before we got on. So to see it just transition and how everybody, you know, you know, transitioning to that to that person they have to be, it's uh it was it was a fun moment, man. I'm sure. And everybody from St. Louis, Steve's from Connecticut, and he can attest to this. We ride so hard for our city. I don't think that there's yeah. anywhere else in the country that really has to kind of take on this us against the world mentality the way that St. Louis yeah. doesn't. And maybe that's because we're we're misrepresented a lot. But did you ever feel pressure to represent St. Louis? Because you and Lunatics and Nelly, you put St. Louis on the map from a rap perspective. You changed the game musically for our city. And to have that be so linked to your identity, did you ever feel pressure in that sense? Um, Probably felt pressure on um far as like, making sure we do the right things for the city. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was being young, you know, I got in the game when I was 19 years old, 20 years old. So you can't, I want you, what do you expect from me at times? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what to do, but at the same time, uh, I never felt that pressure because we were so naturally St. Louis. When I say I'm so St. Louis, I really mean it. Like Ask that just came us. with us. <laughs> yeah. 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 It just came with us. You know what I'm saying? It never was like a, uh, all right, let's represent St. Louis more. Wear more St. Louis hats. You know what I'm saying? Never was that because my because my closet is full of nothing but St. Louis hats. I refuse to wear another hat. You know what I'm saying? Like so, it, my gear. I never wore another uh, jersey besides Cardinals. I'm not gonna wear another baseball team. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I, it just was like that. We start wearing throwback jerseys and things of that nature. But other than that, it was so St. Louis. We had the Rams. So it was like it. it it was too easy to represent because we was already St. Louis and we took it everywhere we went. You've obviously worked with so many other iconic rappers and hip hop artists. 
And those songs are often some of the best, right? Where every, where you get everyone gets a verse and it's just it's get going. It's a great party. It's an awesome atmosphere. Like you've worked, you know, P Diddy, Snoop Dogg, Jermaine Dupri, obviously Nelly and and the Saint Lunatics back in the day. Did you have a favorite person that you collabed with that you were just like, you know, I don't know if it was Snoop Dogg or somebody that you're like, I don't, know, I just I vibe with them and I was so pumped to do a song with them. Ticks. <laughs> the long ticks when we get in the studio, all five all together, everybody. Oh yep. my god, that's like magic. You know what I'm saying? Um. Working with Jazzy Faye is amazing too. Um, one of the coldest producers of all times. He's he an artist too as well. He's probably a better artist. He don't even know it. Like he just he, he he's just his energy does something. Um, uh, JD too. You know Jermaine Dupri's the same way. Yep. But but I I love like working with like the Ticks and like our producers like JE and and Coco and Sag Live and you know what I'm saying Wally things of that nature before I um. You know, that's why I really enjoy it. We've kind of talked a lot about everything that you've done throughout your career. You just talked about people you like collaborating with. We, we talked about the Shake Your Tail Fetter video, all the success you've had with the St. Lunatics. Is there one thing you've done in your career that you're the most proud of? Being in the industry and not scared to claim my family, my spouse and my kids and, and like taking them with me instead of, um, you know, trying to hide them from the from what's going on, I actually like raise them into into this world a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm from St. Louis, so I'm not like we're not the big Hollywood guy. So we always down home. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was kind of easy. So you know, I'm not. You know, we're not on. <laughs> we're not on. Uh, I can't even think. We're not on Wilshire Boulevard every day. You know what I'm saying? So we. We're allowed to, you know, be be sort of what you would call normal. So I, I get to raise my children and my wife is just amazing and things of that nature where when we came up, you were supposed to keep that a secret. You know what I'm saying? You were supposed to you supposed to say you're single so you won't, you know, disappoint your lady fans and all that. But um, actually, when I brought them in now, all my lady fans are fans of my wife or fans mm-hmm. of my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it did the opposite. So I love that part of it. I think that's an amazing answer and you're true to you. Right. And I think that's what, what is so amazing about everything that you've talked about, whether it's representing St. Louis or bringing your family along for the ride. I think part of the reason you've had such great success is because of your talent, but you've also always stayed so true to yourself, which I love, but everyone needs to follow Murphy Lee. If you haven't already, why are you not following Murphy Lee on Instagram at Murph dirty? Second time around is the album. It's available now. And Murph, I am just going to encourage everybody to follow you on Instagram. I know the link to the album is yeah, right there in your Instagram in the bio. bio. But is there anything yeah. else that you want to share about the album or anything else you want to direct people to check out? Um, if you ever liked the Lunatic record or ever liked Murphy Lee or ever wore a St. Louis hat or ever in your life uh, put on a jersey or wore your clothes too big just because you thought it was cool or anything of that nature. And if you just love music on a daily basis, man, this album is for you. Um, go to the link in my bio or you can go to store.newmurf.com and um, you can get that thing right now. Um, I'm not doing it the traditional way. So come on home. And this is this is this is this is going to be a trailblazer for um, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of artists. And I think um, everybody need to hear this album, too, by the way. And you can text me, too. I got a um, number 314-408-TICS, T-I-C-S, 314-408. 408 ticks. That's 8427. Text me, leave your name so we can rap from there. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you get the exclusives, you get all the, you know, stuff first, man. And that's what it is. Man of the people. There you go.
I love it. Yeah. And I know you also did a collab with Arch Apparel. You've got a lot on your plate right now. Yeah, shout out to Arch Apparel, man. One of the greatest companies of all time. Man, I really messed with them. Uh, seen them before they even, you know, took to, to, to the status that they had now. And I love this new store out in Ballpark Village. But, um, yeah, we did a, um, a deal with them and we have some clothes out there, man. So go check it out. Absolutely. Murphy Lee, one of the greatest of all time. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with us. We love chatting with you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Shout out to the partners, man. Y'all did well. Well, Steve, I have interviewed Murphy Lee before. You know my love for Murph Dirty <laughs> and the Lunatics, but that had to be very cool for you. I know you were a big fan. I don't want to tell Murphy, hey, when I was growing up, you were the shit and make him feel old or whatever, even though I'm old now, too. We're all yeah, we're this old. Is where we're at. Right. Um, and I don't know sometimes that's weird. I remember when I, I, I talked to T.I. when he came in. You were around at ESPN mm -hmm. when he came in. I was like, man, he I hugged me. Listen. That's right. So did Rick Ross, didn't he? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the rapper's going You know what's thing. weird? Yeah. I, got, I got a lot of hugs from rappers at ESPN. I mean, I'm not and, terribly surprised by that. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. But, you know, that's yeah. know what it is. Hey, uh, two fun facts about that. One, I was wearing a bunch of pins on my jacket. One of them yeah. was a pineapple pin. T.I. hugged me and was like, Aloha, are you Hawaiian? And I was like, no. I just like this pineapple pin. I later learned what pineapples mean or what they stand for. Did you know this? I don't think so. Uh -oh. Yeah, I, I guess pineapples are like a symbol for uh, swingers. So if you see someone with a pineapple what? knocker on their house or like a pineapple mat on their door, it's like a signal that they're swingers. Possibly Rick Ross is like this girl. No, T.I. I'm T. sorry, T.I. is like yeah. this chick. What's up? He, yeah, he was, he was like, are you Hawaiian? I was like, no, I'm That's from amazing. St. Louis. And then Rick Ross had on this unbelievable necklace. It was like I a mean, teardrop with a diamond teardrop like this big. And I had this very lame fading faux gold chain from j crew on and rick ross was like <laughs> i like your chain and i was like i like yours want to trade it's <laughs> like no i absolutely do not but i had to shoot my shot but those are my two rapper stories but murphy lee is he is not only one of the most talented rappers ever i mean one thing that we didn't ask him and i, I wish i would have is during the pandemic, I remember one day Murphy Lee was trending and yeah. I was like, what's going on with Murphy Lee? So I clicked him and it was just people online giving him praise and giving him his flowers and just saying, you know, who doesn't get enough love for their talent is Murphy Lee. And I just think he is so amazing and his music has such longevity. It doesn't matter when songs like Shake Your Tail Feather drop, you could turn it on in the radio right now and still get so high from it. It's amazing. I've maintained this. I loved Country Grammar, the album, Nelly. Uh, what was that, 2000, I believe it came yeah. out? Yeah, 2000, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, and this is somewhat controversial, I didn't love kind of everything from Nelly after that. And I actually think I prefer, of all those St. Louis guys, Murphy Lee was my guy. I mean, what that hook going to be, when that came on, and that's what's funny, you bring up T.I. and that, because I would say, What You Know by T.I. and What That Hook Gonna Be by Murphy Lee were like two of my staple high school songs. That I'm in my 94 Jeep Grand Cherokee. That thing is beat to shit. But I'm just blasting that, blasting the speakers out of my car. And it instantly puts you in a good mood. Both of those songs are so freaking good to ride to in the car and feel good. Um, just kind of feel like a badass. And then, yeah, Shake Your Tail Feather, great. He did a collab, um, Salt Shaker with the Yin Yang Twins. Like he's just been, and that's why I asked him about the collab thing because he's just, you know, he's welcome to Atlanta, really cool people. Welcome to Atlanta, which you know, the St. Louis version. Um, you know, I always just love Murphy. I thought he was like criminally underrated as a, as a rapper during that time period, and you know, obviously excited about the new album as well. But he's just one of those guys where I just, I just, I always thought he was just criminally underrated. I, I love his music. I also love his answer about representing St. Louis because. 
I think people who meet people who aren't from St. Louis are like, why do you guys love your city so much? It's like an average like, American People like city. me, people like, hey, yeah. settle down. Yeah, people exactly. are like, what, what is the deal? And then, you know, for me to have you interview someone else who's from St. Louis yeah. and see that it's not just me and it's not just him. It's a literally our city as a collective. And it's never when you're growing up, people like you need to ride for St. Louis, tell everyone how great this is. That is not the case. It's just something inherently the civic pride and this love for our city that we have inside of us. And we want to represent St. Louis all the time and tell everyone how great it is. And I don't know, just for you to well, to hear him describe that, I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah, but I mean, we've talked about this, I think, before about the, which music video was? It was the Country Grammar music video? Yeah, where it's yeah, just yeah. like people from St. Louis. You know, they didn't hire like, these, I don't think they hired these models. They're just like people no, from St. Louis. You they're know? just like, people. And it's, it was kind of awesome because it's like a real grassroots effort from the loo. It's um, with the Rams you know, flag in the background, yeah, the guy with and, the iguana. They're just and, at a block party. You know, that was when they were new on the scene. They, they you know, they graduated from that point. I'm sure they were doing big, when he was talking about the Shake Your Tail for the music video, it was a little bit bigger production than I had imagined the initial one. And, and rightfully so. But uh, it was really cool to see that, how genuine it was come from him. And I don't know if it's a St. Louis thing. I, I will say it's because I know you. So like you, I think you ride for your city more than anyone I know rides for their city. Like Van Pelt was always a big DC, you know, like the Beltway kind of guy, but he doesn't ride for the area as much as you do. Uh, and I don't know if it's a St. Louis thing or just because I know you well, but yeah, you people, every, everyone that I know that's ever been from St. Louis knows everyone else who is either from St. Louis or has some connection, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon is six degrees of St. Louis for, uh, for the St. Louis people. Yeah. The first time that I was at ESPN, I was like, where's Taylor Twelman? I had never met yep. Taylor Twelman, but I was like, St. Louis guy, got to find him. We're going to be simpatico. And sure enough, I, I introduced myself. I was like, I'm, from, I'm like, I'm from St. Louis. He's like, what's up girl? Come on in. Yeah. Well, how about, by the way, how about the line? Uh, I think the best line in the entire interview is when he got handed the cigar and didn't really know what to do with it. At he almost 20, cut it open. And he cuts it open. <laughs> That's so freaking funny. Because at the same time, I don't, I, don't, I never smoked a cigar. I'm still not even a cigar guy. The amount of crazy shit that they must have seen at such a young age because they blew up overnight. Um, and as you mentioned, like it was like nine years of work to get to that point. Uh, which is really cool to see it kind of pay off. And all of a sudden, boom, you're famous internationally. That's That's got to be, that's just got to be super weird, hard to deal with, but... It was a lot of hard work that went into that, and they gave us some some great music growing up. Okay, Steve, so should we do a little A-plus content, considering second time around Murphy Lee's new album, which you definitely should definitely download. Definitely A-plus content, yep. Definitely A-plus content. As he mentioned, if you ever liked The Lunatics, if you ever liked Murphy Lee or anything they've done, you're going to love this album. The way that I can tell everyone, the easiest way is go follow Murphy Lee at Murph30. Click the link in his bio. He's got a link tree. It's going to take you to all the different projects, but the second time around is right at the top, so be sure to to click on that uh, but steve i will give you the floor we haven't talked in two weeks give me some a plus content bud all right i got two things uh one is a show and one is an album you want to go every other want to do that how many sure, do you have sure right. i have two i have two <laughs> no surprise to anyone and i'm gonna loop in intern john here because he was the one that asked me about this as well new third eye blind album is out let me just tell you it's called our band apart it is a good album from their standards, it's not an A+. I know this is A-plus content. It's not an A-plus. It's probably a solid B-plus. I got to give it a couple of listens again in the future, but I do like it a lot. And the one thing that I always say about Third Eye Blind is they just know who they are. They don't change. Their songs that came out, that this album came out, obviously year 2001, could have come out in 1999. And they're the same. And that's kind of what I love about it is that they 
know their tune and they play it well and they do their thing. So it's a really good album. Wasn't as good as the last one, which is called Screamer, which I thought was one of their best albums, no lie. But everyone should check it out. They've got Dust Storm's a great song. The first, actually, probably three, four songs in the album are, are very, very good. And it's just always amazing to me that these bands that have been around for like 20 plus years just keep putting out bangers. So shouts out to Third Eye Blind. I know you're super pumped about that, Michelle. And that's talking Third Eye Blind here on Small Talk. <laughs> I, have to get, I have to meet a quota per month to talk about Third Eye Blind. But again, this is intern John's fault because he's the one that brought it up. To, he asked me how I felt about it. Okay, okay. We'll allow it. But I just... We got to get intern John back on, by the way. We'll yeah, get him we on do. maybe next pod to we check him. It's been too long. But you can check out his Shell Talk blog at smalltalkpod.com. It's amazing every week. He's such a talented writer, so be sure to check that out. And every week after we wrap, Steve and I are like, oh my God, we need to have John back on the show. But... You know, we forget. We'll do it next time. I promise. Okay. So Steve, my first thing from A Plus Content is an amazing book I'm reading called Stealing Fire. Uh, Let me Google it quickly so that I can- Stealing Fire. It sounds like a sequel to- uh... No, it is not a Dan Brown book. It is not a Dan Brown. No, not Dan Brown. I was going to say, is it a sequel to like Catching Fire? What the hell is that? Hunger Games. That's what I'm thinking It is not. It's far better than that. So it's by Stephen Coulter and Jamie Wheel, the New York Times bestselling authors of The Rise of Superman. And I'm just going to read you the front cover. Stealing Fire, how Silicon Valley, the Navy SEALs, and Maverick scientists are revolutionizing the way we live and work. And so it's basically talking about this concept, and we can dive deeper into this in another pod, called ecstasis or flow, where you are so locked in mentally at what you're doing that you literally are in a flow and you get to another plane mentally. Some good examples. In the zone. Someone, in the zone, say. a lot okay. call it yeah. flow, ecstasis, whatever you want to call it. So like, for instance, the Navy SEALs, if they're going to capture Saddam Hussein and they're living in the mountains in you know, some deserted area and they have to capture him in the, the middle of the night and there's six of them, this is an example that they give, they're trained at such an expert level and they're so locked in mentally that the six of them can move as one collective, as one organism without speaking a word they can anticipate one another's decision makings and their movements. Or another example is um, when people are coding and mm-hmm. they can just go on like a coding tangent for like 24 hours. If they're locked seen in the social uh, network, which is a great, that's yeah. a plus content. They're in flow. They'll always be in, yeah, they're in the zone. They tell them don't disturb this guy's coding where he's been coding for like right. six straight hours. But then the interesting part of this is, it's not just about the concept of ecstasis or flow. It's about how people who are at the peak of their professions are actively trying to unlock themselves mentally and get to that place. And a lot of them are doing that with drugs. They're microdosing mushrooms or they're going on trips. Like uh, there's a really interesting story about how the CEO of Google, his interview was going to Burning Man. And they wanted to see how he operated at a place like Burning Man and how doing mushrooms can impact your brain in a way that unlocks things from a creativity standpoint. Anyway, it's very fascinating and you would be shocked at how many people in corporate America are doing things like this and trying to seek out a different level mentally. Sounds interesting. I like mentally stimulating things like that and the idea that you could be in the zone and like in this higher level of performance in some way and drugs. It's almost like, what is it? the, The book and show and the movie Limitless where that guy takes a pill and he's all of a sudden like the best version of himself. Yeah. Um, 
I just always find that concept super, super cool. So I, maybe I'll have to check it out. You never know. Well, um, you would love it, Steve, because it traces all of this stuff back to like Greek and Roman times and all wow. of these secret rituals that they used to have and like substances that they would do and get the sake of rituals and how they, they say a lot of the philosophical like holistic notions. medicine, you're saying? Well, basically, they, oils. Well, it was like, uh, I forget the word, but it was some sort of, um, it's not a serum. What am I thinking of? Basically a drink, a sa- a not potion? a salve. A potion or something like that. There's a word, there's a word for it that I'm forgetting because I'm so past that part in the book. But basically they would do these super, super secret drug fueled rituals where guys like Plato and whomever would get down there and they would get to this other level and you got certain things from science from these parties and you got oh, philosophical yeah. notions because their brains were able to process things on a different level and that so many people throughout history have tried to figure out what the substance was that they were drinking back then. And they haven't been able to pinpoint it. Yes. Yeah. The history aspect of that. I like a lot. I haven't been on a good book kick recently, but I am, as I mentioned earlier, going to Tulum and I'm going to try to read Dune, which is right behind me because the movie's coming out as well. And you know, I love sci-fi bullshit. So that could potentially be on a plus content in the future for me. Although it's the book has been around since the sixties. So um, it's not like I'm I'm presenting some new thing to you. You probably already know about it, but off of that in that same vein, you ever heard of Dune? I would say it's Lord of the Rings. Uh, there was the token books, right? Like Dune is up there as far as one of the greatest sci-fi novels of all time, like fantasy novels of all time. Sounds sick. Um, yeah, it's right up your alley. So you, you definitely would love that. This, I don't know if you'd like, but have you ever heard of the show called Midnight Mass? It's on Netflix. No, but I love a good Midnight Mass at Christmas Eve. Okay, I, I'm going to start this by saying I don't think you would particularly like this show, but I loved it. It is, uh, okay, you know the haunting of Hill House and the haunting of Bly Manor? They, were, they have come out every year by the same guy. It's like in, I guess, I did not an know anthology that. series. They're very good. It's by the same creator. So it's not It's not really like those two shows kind of were connected in certain ways. Not like they had different characters, but they had similar sort of themes and stories. This is by the same guy who created those shows. And those shows are great, by the way. You should watch them, especially around Halloween time. But the show Midnight Mass is about this random secluded island essentially and they don't ever really say where i assume it was probably off the coast of like washington or something i don't know i'm sure somebody will look it up and tell me i'm wrong but it's a secluded fishing island with like a couple hundred people population wise and this mysterious sort of uh priest comes to take over their parish and all of a sudden all this weird shit starts happening and it has to do with religion it has to do i don't want to spoil it so i'm not gonna get too far because there are a big twist early on in the show that takes you in a weird direction but if you like weird shit religious fantasy stuff like that if you probably have like dune you're gonna like the show seven episodes hour each i binge watch it in like three days awesome awesome show really really cool there's a lot of blood so i don't know if you would like it maddie definitely did not I, i knew immediately she wasn't gonna like it but if you're into that sort of stuff Phenomenal show. I think it has like a 9.0 or something on, on IMDb, which I trust very much. So check it out. Really cool show, especially on Halloween. Okay. I have one more thing for you and I definitely will be checking that out, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> but for people who also aren't interested in the one Steve just talked about, I couldn't sleep the other night and someone had recommended this to me. I watched this documentary on Amazon Prime called, well, I, I watched episode one and I was very into it now that baseball is over for me. You're I can't free. wait. Yeah. Oh, we don't need to get into that. Also, I love Murphy Lee being like, I don't want to waste anybody's time. I'm glad that I, they I lost. I respect that, honestly. Yeah, if my, so team, my team's going to win it, what's the point of a playoff run that I right. know is going to end in disappointment? So, yeah. So, um, I watched this episode one of this docuseries called Lula Rich, and it's about Lula Roe, which is some leggings company that was a pyramid scheme that all of these housewives, stay-at-home moms, they paid five to ten grand 
to this leggings company to get all of these leggings that they had to sell at these pop-up parties or on Facebook live or whatever. And it's basically about why stay-at-home moms are such a target for these pyramid schemes and how the rise of social media has convinced these women that this is a, a solution for what I think is kind of a big issue for a lot of women where they are educated. Purpose. Well, they're educated. They likely have had careers before they mm-hmm. choose to stay at home and care for their family. And there is probably something there where they're not making as much money and they, they might have some part of them, even though they love being a mother that feels unfulfilled. And so if you have a cosmetics company that will not be named or a supplements company that will not be named or candles or oils or leggings that are frankly very heinous and have disgusting patterns, but they're like, Hey, you can stay at home with your kids. You're going to make a lot of money and you can do this on your time and you can be a boss babe and do all this stuff. It hooks them. One of the lines in the first episode that the guy who ran this, which obviously ended up being a scam um, and all of these people who were not qualified to run a big company were in charge of running a big company was like the most underutilized resource in America is stay-at-home mothers because they are smart, capable women that are not being used in the business world. And Mm -hmm. we need to find a way to utilize that. And so they did with this company and then it all goes to shit. (laughs) um, And I can't wait to watch the rest of it, but you and I have talked a lot about the MLM structure and who would think it's a good idea to spend thousands of dollars to ultimately have to buy this product and then sell it and then kick back up. It just logically doesn't make a lot of sense to someone like you and I, but watching this documentary, I think really kind of pulled back the curtain for me and made me understand at least a little bit why so many people are enticed by this idea. Okay, Steve, let's get to a review, shall we? Let's do it. This one is called Saruti Gift Giving Solution. Five stars. It says, day one, Shelly here. Saruti, anything you buy for Maddie, she's going to love because she knows how much you care. I feel awful that you have past trauma from that not nice (laughs) girlfriend in high school that said nothing but said everything about your generous gift by not even acknowledging it. Oh, she's a meanie. I'm sorry. What about a Louis Vuitton tote bag? Something Maddie could carry to and from work and also not too big to carry day to day. I don't have one, but would die too. My friend has one and they are timeless. Just the way they are crafted and the materials used, they feel like butter. Unlike any other bat I've ever touched in real life. They're so classy and they are noticed, but not in a loud way. Michelle was right about never going wrong with a timeless gift. Happy third anniversary to you and Maddie. Wow. First off, incredibly thoughtful. Thank you to this person. Do they work for Louis Vuitton? I, I feel like they just sold this on it. I actually, I did buy her I did buy her a Louis wallet uh, on our honeymoon, which I do like a lot. What's the checkered pattern one? That's the one we bought. It's like blue and it's like blue and cream. I don't know. Anyway, I know not, what you're talking about. Yeah, person. I know what you're That's talking about. That's the kind of like, I've actually brought that up to her. Like, would you want this? Like a bag like that, a tote? And she's like, no. So great idea, but she, she gave me a hard no. I mean, again, she's also told me she doesn't want me to get her anything, which I feel like is code, but she's super low maintenance. So it's, it's actually not code, but I appreciate the sentiment. Thank you. You're right. If I did get her something, anything, she would be pumped about it and probably just love it, even if she didn't actually love it. But it's the practicality that's getting. I want to get something her something that is meaningful. I think what the solution is, we're going to figure something out when we go to Tulum. That's what we're going to do. We'll just buy it. We'll, we'll go somewhere. She sees something she likes. We'll buy it for her. That's going to be the solution dealer's choice yeah and she's actually said she wanted that and you know we're all about efficiency here and that's the most efficient way to do this so here we are plus we're on vacation so you know we'll be all right she's naturally going to find something she likes in tulum but from my tulum experience it's going to be very expensive yeah but you know we haven't been on vacation in like a year 
plus, actually almost two years. So we're ready to ball out. It's a well-earned one. I love this for you. I love vacation, Stephen, Maddie. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you to everyone for, for listening. Love this journey for you. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you, of course, to Murphy Lee for taking the time to join us. It was amazing to talk to Murph Dirty, one of our favorites. And Steve and I will not be back in action next week because Steve's going to be in Tulum. He's going to be on vacation. And this is kind of our schedule now. It's almost like every other week because we have very busy jobs and our jobs need to cut us some slack so that we can do this podcast more often. But until two weeks from now, as Murphy Lee says, I'm so St. Louis, ask my tattooist. 13 year old me super pumped thanks for listening to small talk subscribe on apple podcasts or the podcast one app